Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to this very special Comic Book Nation bonus episode slash reaction piece. Hi, how are you doing? I'm Comic Book Nation host Kofi Outlaw, and joining me today from Comic Book Anime, we have Mr. Nick Valdez. Uh, howdy, everybody. Thank you for having me, Kofi. So we are hopping on today because I don't think any of us expected to be doing this, but that's what's so much fun about a reactions piece, because we all turned on Rick and Morty Season 7, Episode 5, and they had been kind of cryptic about like what this episode was. It was getting kind of shady in terms of the previews, because we know Rick and Morty can throw us a lot. But man, this is an episode that we have to come on. We have to talk to you guys about. So here we are breaking down Rick and Morty season seven, episode five. Unmit more. Oh, I just I had it. I had it. Unmort Rickon. I practiced this beforehand and I still screwed <laughs> it up. Um, so, Nick, you are like our resident you know, Rick and Morty expert, you nail this stuff for comic book and comic book anime. Did you have any idea we were going to get the episode that we were about to get? So I had some idea, but not as big as it was. So I, I had assumed Rick Prime was coming back because in the one promo we got for it last week, you know, you see some of the drones that Rick Prime uses when in his prior appearances. So I was like, okay, we're getting some kind of Rick Prime confrontation. I just did not expect the full extent of what it was, which was a full Evil Morty return. You got Evil Morty backstory. You have like, this is the final confrontation with Rick Prime. So, and like now we have like sort of a clean slate, sort of not heading into the future. And I'm very excited. I did, just did not expect this huge of an episode. Yeah. So just to give you guys like a quick, in case you for some reason are listening to this and have no idea what we're talking about, because you just saw something big happen with Rick and Morty and you haven't caught up. This is going to be full spoilers. But this episode starts with a classic Rick and Morty misdirect. Like basically, I feel like a lot of Evil Morty episodes, uh, Tales of the Citadel was kind of the similar way where you think you're watching one thing and then it quickly bait and switches you into another. So we get this cold open where it looks like it's just Rick and Morty on another adventure and it's the same old, same old. But then it quickly takes a turn when Morty like, you know, lobotomizes Rick and then, you know, you see the microchip in his eye and you're like, oh my God. And then this thing that we've been writing theories about for years and doing all this thing, they just knock out Evil Morty's entire backstory. You get everything we saw and know about Rick and Morty from his perspective, like how he started this, how he went on his own multiversal journey, almost like Rick uh, C-137 and, you know, how we got to where we are. And of course, the big all-encompassing question, what happened after he disappeared in season five? Our, yeah, season five at the end, I believe. Was that four or five? That was it five. was end of season five. Yes. Yeah. So he took a gold portal. He's outside this curve of the multiverse that Rick had sectioned off. And so we get to open with what is going on there. And um, 
hilariously enough, like paradise isn't all it's cracked up to be for evil Morty because now he's in the, as they think they say at one point, like the horrors of the infinite. (laughs) It's like, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's like Clive Barker, Asimov and like a whole bunch of other writers uh, kind of had their whole worlds just thrown together into like everything that the multiverse could be as a nightmare with just crazy entities and all that. What did you think about that when we got that whole Oh, that was super interesting because at the end of season five, it wasn't quite clear what Evil Morty's plan was. It was either to escape the central finite curve, which is which was essentially explained as Rick's own multiverse. Like the Rick, Rick had put it together in order to make sure Rick was the top dog. And so him going outside of that, it was like, oh, okay, is he escaping that? Is he just heading off into like a different, different universe? And here it's explained that no, it really is just the multiverse and outside of Rick's control. And it's clear that because we see so many other beings have their own interdimensional travel. As we see that just failures, there's like a Jetsons parody of like a family that gets killed multiple times because like different realities of them because they end up in this horrible place. And so evil Morty has crafted himself like a little paradise, a home but also has to constantly keep an eye on it because of everything terrible out there. So in a way, it, it's sort of like opening up Rick and Morty to like this, oh, was Rick right about crafting his own multiverse? Is, is he protecting his universes in this way? Or is it you know, sort of harmful to the rest of the multiverse? Because we see it's nothing but chaos. So it, it's just like a fun little thing to think about too. Yeah, and I, this one again, so many twists. Because we, we, I think you and I even talked at one point, and we were talking about when you were on the show on Comic Book Nation about like you know you have would there be showdowns with Evil Morty, and then this whole other showdown with Rick Prime? Could they come together and unite um, as as like one kind of as they kind of joke and undercut that theory in this episode, like as a Batman and Robin squad themselves, and. No, we get this unexpected union where where evil Morty joins forces with Rick and Morty and they actually go through this episode working together a lot or at least working side by side parallel for a lot of this, which was super interesting because I don't think like in all our fan theorizing, we ever kind of sat down and be like, wouldn't it be cool if so props to the showrunners for (laughs) kind of finding that middle ground. Yeah, totally. It's it's also setting up Evil Morty as like a way bigger antagonist than we thought before. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to all that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. when he left the series, Rick Prime shows up and it's like, oh, OK, Rick Prime is the big bad. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, no, he's not. <laughs> nope. Like, yeah, it's it, yeah. Let's get into all that, because there is a lot more that happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. So and and there's and it leads me to one question I want to ask you at the end. So just to keep going with our spoiler manifest here, you know, they unite Rick and the two Mortys, they get captured by Rick Prime. They have to get out of this kind of like I don't know what to call it, like Saw slash Squid Game style, like yeah. series of tests <laughs> and screwed up things that Rick Prime is Prime has kind of planned for them, including fighting other Rick variants and that have been also searching. But we get these other massive expansions of the mythos. We learned one thing I had never thought about again, and kudos to them for nailing things that in the midst of all these theories, like really nobody touched on was the Diane issue. 
Like we had yes. all kind of assumed that Diane Rick's wife died and that set him off, but we never really stopped to actually examine like in this show where we see so many variants of other people, why aren't there these other Diane variants or like, why didn't Rick just go when he's so capable of replacing people? And to their credit, I guess it was like, Oh, Rick actually has sentimentality. This, his Diane is his Diane and whatever, but no, it's because she's been wiped from existence. Uh, and even more, it's just like, wait, what? And he's just like, yeah, oh, that is a detail that's kind of pertinent that um, Rick Prime didn't just use this bomb that was just, you know, and we always wondered about this bomb because they made a point of always showing us this particular device dropping into the thing. It's not like the garage got hit by a ray gun or exploded. It was this particular device. And we find out that, no, this is something new. And they introduce something into the mythos now called, which is what I'm writing up right now, called the Omega Weapon, which is something that can erase people from all of the multiverse, uh, which is kind of essentially setting up a new threat that in Mick and, and Rick and Morty that there is this overarching thing that can be dangerous to these two characters who have seemingly the cheat code for like infinite lives or variations or all that stuff. Right. So I thought that was like really super interesting. Yeah, it totally is because it's it's also one of those things that continues to open up the world. And one of the things we have noticed in season seven is that while the episodes have started out slow, they've been episodic. It's been, but it's also been very character focused. You know, we've been steadily reintroducing Rick and reintroducing his connections. And then we get our one spaghetti episode, the wild Rick and Morty one. And then here it's like, okay, now we can start the rest of the season and figure out where the show is going from here, what kind of show it's going to be. And it's clear that Rick and Morty is finally engaging with these overarching ideals. It's not really relegated to the season premiere or the finale anymore where we get one chunk of lore and then we have to chew on that for the entire year. Now it's smack dab right in the middle of the season where now we can go, okay, are we getting references to the Omega Weapon in future episodes this season? Is this like a thing that's going to pay off in like season nine? So it's just, it's cool. Like, I think that's the overall impact of this newest episode that it's just kind of cool. Like this was the one that's like, it kind of rewards you for sticking around and thinking about it like we do. Like you and I are talking about it and it's finally, we're rewarded for actually caring about this overall story, which is something that Rick and Morty really hasn't done yet. Like they really haven't fed us like this. <laughs> We get this. And like I said, I think what was so surprising was how with all the fan theories and everything we've been doing, this mm -hmm. was such an unexpected episode, both in it just arriving right now with all the twists from the beginning through yes. the middle through the end, which we're still going to get to. And yeah, it, it was just they found a way to keep it surprising, especially in the context of a show that has literally done things like the story train episode where they kind of in this much more sarcastic kind of pandering yes. way gave us, you know, the vision of what we thought we wanted the canon to be like this big final showdown with evil Morty and the Gazorpa Zorps and everybody in the me, me, uh, Mr. Meesey, uh, Mr. I forget his name now. It's been so long. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those guys. And, we, uh, we thought we wanted like Meesey. an end game, right? Like, yeah. 
And clearly they, they kind of, uh, they smartly avoided that. Like we, you know, with the confrontation we get here, it's still like, honestly, it's still pared down. Like when you really think about it, it's a fight between four people and it's just, and it's still so grandiose. Cause this is kind of like, if you want to compare it to the end game, which I just mentioned, like, it's kind of like the Avengers where it's, we have one big threat. It's, you know, we're dealing with that big threat and it's like, Oh wait, that's not the threat, right? Like this is just, this is really just step one of a much grander thing. Cause we have to get to a hundred episodes. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of floored. Like let's, let's keep talking about the, this, this actual canon that keeps evolving through this right like yeah uh, like as as the fight continues it's evil morty who ends up giving rick the final pieces to locate rick prime himself and the biggest twist is you think it's another fake out like i kept thinking the whole time like no there's no way this is actually rick prime it's still going to be some kind of swerve that we're not seeing in action and no it really was and it ultimately leads to rick plus the two Mortys heading towards the Omega weapon, which is something that, you know, Rick Prime has built before, as Rick mentions, but now we actually get to see it. And we see that Rick Prime, though he's gotten rid of Diane, has still has all these connections to Diane, you know, with like the the weird super weapon he, re he releases during their like squid game moment, then like the giant Diane robots in the Omega weapon. <laughs> it's so... I don't know, it's so wild that he's such, like, a bleak villain, but still has that very, like, okay, there's a part of you that does not want to admit it, but you still have that connection, Diane. It's so great. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, like, yeah, there's a... I gotta go back and watch that whole... Like, there's so much that happens in this episode that, like, even my mind was just overloaded that whole sequence fighting through, like, Rick Prime and the super weapon. I was just like, I can't believe it. And I was also wondering, like, again, I had your seat, like, what is really about to happen here? Like, what swerve yes. is gonna be but one thing i like is that even though this is like you said it's pared down it's not this epic war and it and really it is a fight between just there's two people in having a conflict it's rick versus himself and rick versus morty and yes. like in on all of the things that you know there's a rick that has bonded with his grandson and then, and then there's rick that didn't ever achieve that and we see the two versions of that, you know, they even make a joke like you brought two Mortys and it's like, there's a clear reason why. And it's like, you know, what Rick can do if he goes one way versus if he is the person we kind of gotten to know in this show, but it, it is just a fight. It's a very intimate thing. And so the climax of it is in a show where it gets dark, like all the time, yeah. this was still one of the darkest moments I think I've ever seen. And I'm still just like, because I, I thought there would be some kind of, again, like some fake out, like when it's a simple setup, like Evil Morty captures Rick Prime, fakes him out with the eye patch thing, which was funny, and then kind of like puts him in a chair and just leaves him for Rick and gives him a choice. Like, you know, obviously you could deal with me in this Omega weapon thing, or here's the guy. And, you know, there is not even a hint of Rick having some like larger growth or saying like, oh, no. I've gotten over revenge <laughs> because of my family, um, you know, and he that what happens in there just him beating him to death just like no tech none of that just like hand beating this guy to death yeah, it's, it's really him kind of still killing himself and the things that you know in joker style like that rick prime says to him during all this are so messed up and like 
you know, you, you get the feeling that he beats him so badly because they are true. Like the whole thing yeah, he says it's... about like, if I hadn't done this to you, you would be me. Like, you know, especially yeah, like, like... you, you would be me. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're literally in my house. Like, this yeah, is, like you're living it's my very... life in my house. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the one thing that, you know, Rick himself has yet to really confront and as he's brutally beating him to a pulp, it's very non-sci-fi. Like the fight has a lot of gadgets in it, but also it's not very sci-fi. If you really look at it, you know, there's no like laser weapons. A lot of it's like Rick and Rick prime are using guns with bullets in them. And like, it's straight up, like it's very lethal right from the jump. And so when he finally beats him to a pulp, it's this sort of like not catharsis. That's ultimately what we get at the end is Rick realizing that, Oh, this wasn't like the catharsis I needed. This wasn't the, recovery i needed because this is this is the path he's been on path of revenge right and now it's now that he's gotten it and he's covered in blood it's just this awesome finale of like rick just coming to terms with everything and as we see in the promo for the next episode already he's already kind of listless and kind of purposeless and that's ultimately what the show is going to confront from now on because it's like what is a rick without a main goal is it going to be a rick who is just kind of like that until he gets a new goal. Is he just going to like, what drives him really, if not this? And I think that's an important question for the series to answer. And it's a good one. Like it's a fun one because it, it opens up to so many more possibilities. Post-death, there is this thing, and I haven't seen something this kind of messed up since uh, since Ziggy shot somebody in season two of The Wire, 20-year-old spoiler. In <laughs> um, that one, like, I had nightmares that night, and it's why I don't do violence. Like, this is why. It's not yeah. like I don't feel like the catharsis of anger ever, like I want to beat somebody up. It's the moments after when they depict that and, like, when trauma starts to set in that I'm like, yeah, I never want to feel like that because, you know, you can't go back after that. So, like once you cross that line, like, like you're there. And it's the same thing they did in the wire. They did here. It's like where you just, everything kind of fades out and you don't hear anything. Everything starts to sound far away. And I love, and we're going to write this up later, but it even just drives it home that they play a song uh, by Maddie star called um, look on down from the bridge, which was the song at the end of Rick potion. Number nine, when mm. they Cronenberg, their universe is the song that starts playing when they go to the other universe uh, where their variants kill themselves and they bury them in the yard. And then Morty's trying to sit there and listen to like the mundane things that like Summer's saying and Jerry's saying, and he doesn't really hear. And it's the same effect as in this episode, like everything kind of draws out and all you hear is that song. Um, and it was really powerful because it's a callback because in that moment, like Morty has to now live this new life. He lived behind his universe his family in the Cronenberg universe. And he's just slipping into this new life. But unlike Rick, who's just like, all right, well, we're starting over. Like Morty's obviously really effed up and traumatized in that moment at first. And it takes him a moment to kind of like adjust after a while. And there's even some jokes in some episodes, I believe where he just misspeaks or says something about like our universe or original thing. And people are like, what? Um, mm -hmm. But it's clear that after this, Rick is the same way. Like, and I think it's good because people have been talking about the ending of the episode but it's a very kind of inceptionist to me, inception ish to me about like, how do you interpret what happens? Because we get this montage of, again, same thing, like 
the music's playing. It's clear that Rick's kind of like drawn out. He's he's kind of out of it after what happens. But you get this final scene at the dinner table where he finally like kind of snaps and answers somebody. And it looks like he's smiling. But as you said, the promo for the next episode clearly shows us that he's not really right. doing completely okay. And it's just like, do you, some people have said, kind of taken this ending to be like, Rick begins to realize, oh, like I actually have to bond with these people, my family. And that's the kind of thing I needed, not this revenge. While other people are just kind of saying like, he's going through the motions, but he's beginning to have this existential crisis deep inside. Like as Rick Prime told him, like this isn't your universe. You were just living with these people as a means of getting in my head or waiting for me or getting back to me. And now like, what is his bond with them? Like when Rick prime is gone is I think that's the real meat and potato of the series for me. Um, and we've done a Rick yeah. leaving episode quite, you know, the two crows and all that, but in this one in, in, you know, the season, what is it? One or two, Oh, two finale where he leaves them and turns himself in and all that. Mm -hmm. But again, those were kind of like Rick going through a temporary thing where I feel like this is a definite character switching episode and almost yes. like a soft reboot of the series. And that's my final question as we kind of wrap this up to you. Do you think it was, was always the plan for this season? Or do you think that in some ways they use this opportunity? Because this feels like almost like a soft reboot of the characters. Right. I, kind of... I think it was kind of like a happy accident, you know, in terms of like, you know, this, I do believe this was the plan. Because it was kind of, it. this is definitely, this is the second half of like, well, second, third, like two thirds or whatever of like the 100, the, the 100 episode order. So this is the, the, in the macro and micro sense of it all, it's the question of what's next for Rick. It's what's next for Rick as a character. What is he going to define himself with? And in the macro sense is what's next for Rick and Morty? What's next for the series? Is there going to be a new antagonist? Is there going to be Rick does something and activates something else, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And with all the stuff that happened before season seven with Justin Roiland and all that stuff, it, it just kind of worked out that this is now like a new, a new square one, a new, like this is, a, a new place to start these new Rick and Morty actors so that when they finally get to actually put their own spin on things in season eight and beyond that they'll be able to explore these somewhat fresh versions of the characters. It, it, it just, I think it just worked out that way rather than I do think this was the plan and might've been more concrete of a plan afterwards after everything that happened, but I do think this was already in the cards and it just kind of works out for everybody. It'd have been funny if the new voices like started right after this episode, like he got injured in the fight <laughs> and then it was just like the new voices and then it started. Not have been hilarious. But um yeah, I think my only thing now is man, what do you do for a finale for this season, right? Like that's that's the other thing. Cause the final episode is titled Fear No Mort and I, you know, the titles don't really give a lot because this one's called like Unmort Ricken. And, you know, there's a lot of things it could be alluding to and Fear No More could be alluding to a lot of things, but also is it more direct? Like, is it, oh, is this going to be an evil Morty finale? But that's what makes this exciting, right? Because if they're doing so much in the middle of the season, what's the final episode going to be? And I, I am excited because this, like I said, this, 
I'm just excited to see what's next for the series. And I haven't been like this since, man, <laughs> it's been a while since I've been super excited for what's next. Yeah, I think season three for me, since I've been this kind of like high on like canon stuff. But um, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because the spaghetti episode had people asking, like, is this I heard a lot of talk about is Rick and Morty getting into a rut? Is it getting losing some steps? And... Oh, spaghetti episode ruled. I don't want to hear that. That's that's. Oh, no, it wasn't. It, it, like... wasn't that. it was just kind of like it felt like <laughs> unlike the vat of acid episode, it just felt like it was people were saying kind of it was missing they could see like more of a organized kind of formula to what was happening right. rather than kind okay. of a zany kind of crazed out roiling ideas. Uh, and then like, and I could see that, but this episode I think will, you know, t- kill a lot of that talk. So. Right. Yeah. Cause if this is the trade-off, if, uh, you know, well, that, let me ask you this, Kofi, if, if the trade-off of zaniness means we get more serialized stories like this, uh, what do you? What would you want to see? Do you want to see a, a return to the wackiness, or do you want to see more of this canonical story and world building? I think all series have to grow up. I think that's why people like Scott Martyr are there now, is because he's good at growing up series. Um, and I think all series have to grow up. I think it's inevitable. Like you can have fun in the testing days, but eventually you do land on something. Like there's no, com- and especially comedy. There's no comedy series you watch where those first seasons are like those later seasons. Like they found something, they go into something. And at least in this episode, as we've just said, like so much of this was unexpected and they're still finding ways to surprise us. And now we have a whole new kind of canon lore to look at, a whole new kind of set of expectations and theories and and a kind of fresh, like what could happen. And I mean, there's we're in season seven. So, you know... I'm just going to be happy with what I got. Yeah. Yeah. Great that's about point. it for me. I'm just going to have, I'm going to be happy with what I got. Same these here. Days, same here. That, that's, that's all you can ask for these days. But um, all right. Thank you, Nick Valdez for hopping on and talking about Rick and Morty season seven. I keep saying season two, because I'm thinking invincible in my head. Season seven, episode five, uh, the big Rick prime and evil Morty showdown. This was crazy. Can't wait to see what's more. Be sure if you were listening to subscribe to Comic Book Nation on our YouTube page and podcast platform. And also go on our YouTube page and you can watch our nice debate before season seven about how this show would do without Justin Roiland because we kind of we hopped on and talked about that when that happened. And it's interesting to hear now, especially at this point. So go check that out as well. You can also find Nick's work on comic book anime and I believe comic book wrestling as well. You you're over there. Yeah, I am everywhere. <laughs> All right, Nick is everywhere. So check him out. And also check out our episode talking about the uh, Attack on Titan anime finale, which seems yes. to be people seem to be enjoying. So check that out as well. And uh, keep it locked to Comic Book Nation, where we are the show that does it all for geek culture, whether it's anime, TV, movies, Marvel, DC, everything. And we will see you out there. Peace.